0: Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. Well, it's good to be with you all today. Good to be worshiping with you. I've got a word on my heart that I, I want to share with you today. If you have your Bibles, uh, open. We're going to be in multiple places, but open them to the Book of John, the Gospel of John, starting with verse twelve uh, and and uh, uh, chapter twelve, verse twenty-four. That's where we're going to be today. Um, I <laughs> I have noticed as we've been getting together to do this, we've been doing this. I think a little over a month now, uh, and a lot of us went from cleanly shaving with nice haircuts just to being fuzzier. You know, <laughs> yeah. So um, there's just so many fuzzy people around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not the ladies; they're not fuzzier, but the guys are fuzzier and. Uh, uh, so, and uh, hair's getting longer and stuff, and these are just wild days uh, t- to live in, but it is so good. that Through every sing- uh, season, our hair changes, our fuzziness changes, but Jesus never does, and He, he wants to meet with us today. Uh, and so, grab your Bibles, Gospel of John chapter 12, starting with verse 24, and then keep your finger there. We're going to be all over the Bible today, but I've got a word on my heart that I want to share with you, and I just want to read this passage to you first, though. This is a, this is a verse, um, and it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains alone or some translations say it remains only a single seed but if it dies it bears much fruit let me just read that again it's just one verse Jesus says truly truly I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains alone but if it dies it bears much fruit now, Jesus is speaking here, and he's speaking to agricultural people and an agricultural culture where people understood um, seed terminology, that people's livelihood. Uh, depended on the power of a seed. And so even the calendars were made to celebrate the harvest of the seed and the planting of the seed. Um, and so in this agricultural society, Jesus is using this agricultural illustration where he's, where he's saying this, um, a seed, let's call it a watermelon seed. If you keep a watermelon seed by itself, it's not going to reproduce. What you have to do is you have to bury it in the earth and then it will create many seeds or uh, much harvest or much fruit will come out of it. Many seeds will come out of the death of this one seed that's buried in the earth. Now, Jesus is using this in context to talk about himself. He's on the edge of his crucifixion. And Jesus is saying, here's what's happening to me. I'm about to be buried in the earth, but I'm a seed. And I'm going to be raised again. And I'm going to bring a crop of sons and daughters with me. So Jesus is talking about this. He's saying, this is what's happened. I'm talking about my death. I'm about to die, about to be buried in the earth, but I am going to raise again. And it's through my death, burial, and resurrection that's going to cause this, this purchase of sons and daughters. Jesus dying for our sins is, is really him uh, dying to pay for his own. He's dying for his family. And it's wonderful. And that is, that is what Jesus is talking about. But let's not neglect this reality that Jesus is also operating in a beautiful kingdom principle here. Okay? Um, he's, he, yes, he is talking in context about his own death, but he is using this to talk about a kingdom principle that I think impacts our lives a, a lot. And here's the principle. It is the kingdom reality that we must embrace, that if you and I will produce fruit with our lives, you hear this? I don't have much of a name in section. But if we will produce fruit with our lives, friends, we must die to ourselves. This is the kingdom principle that Jesus is illustrating living out operating in and then let's not miss this calling us to he's calling us to the kingdom reality that listen if you want your if you want your life to stay one seed fine but if you want your life to produce many seeds have a harvest you have to plant yourself in your own death and then let me raise you this is this is really guys we don't talk about a Christianity like this often. I think the kind of Christianity that we talk about a lot is God wants to freshen you up and turn you into the real you. Uh, but I think the Christianity that Jesus preached is is this kind of Christianity that says, following Jesus to his death and being raised with Jesus to new life is what following me, is what being a disciple, is what being a Christian actually is. Dying to self, being transformed and formed into the image of Christ, not having you being a better version of yourself, but the version that you thought that you were being dead and crucified with Jesus, and then you being raised to somebody who you could never imagine on your own. So Jesus doesn't just want to bring, (laughs) or I I don't want to even say like that. Jesus has died that you may really live, but let's not forget following Jesus to his death. This principle is throughout all of Scripture. We're not just yanking one verse here. This is throughout all of Scripture. Let me name a few. Galatians chapter 2, starting with verse 20. uh, The the Apostle Paul says this. This is his testimony. This is what the gospel has done to his life. And this is what he's sharing to the Galatian uh, church. He says this, I have been crucified with Christ. So when Jesus was dying, believer, listen, when Jesus was dying, you were dying with him if, if you actually are a Christian. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. In other words, he's saying, I died. <laughs> but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. He gave his, his own life for you, but he didn't uh, give it so you would be miserable. He did it so you would die to your misery and be raised to the life that he purchased for you at the cross. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. I died. Christ now lives in me. And so your new life needs to increasingly look like Jesus in you. This is not faith in general. This is not a gospel of faith in faith. This is not saying, uh, if you have faith, that's all that matters. You need faith. That is how we access Jesus' life. But it's not faith in faith. This is faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. Uh, Galatians chapter, if you flip a a few chapters, Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul says this, Far be it from me to boast, except, here's my one boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, where Jesus died and where I died. So I'm boasting in my death, where I, which actually gave me access to become the, the, the life of Christ. Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. In other words, once again, Paul is saying, I died to the world. No, this isn't saying I can't love my family. This isn't saying that I can't enjoy stromboli come on, Jesus, I love me some stromboli, right? This is not saying that I can't enjoy whatever you enjoy. Like, I actually, that is part of the life that, that God gives. The, the gifts can never be the treasure. The giver has to be the treasure, right? If I ordered flowers for, for my wife and I sent a delivery boy to deliver them, if my wife loved the delivery boy, the giver of the gift would be angry, you see, it 's no no adrian it 's not the boy who did this it 's your husband who did this, and so here we have we have a father that wants to heap and downpour blessings on us, but the problem is is that that unless we die to the world 's system and the world 's principles, we, we will fall in love with the system instead of the giver. Of the gifts. And so here's Paul is saying it's not that I, I hate and despise my life. He's saying I've been crucified to a second rate existence that was under a curse. And now I have been raised with Christ to a new existence. I died to the world, but I'm alive in Christ. And so everything else in the world is that, icing on the spiritual cake. I already have the treasure of the universe. I all already am filthy rich, spiritually speaking, because I'm now a son in the kingdom. And now I get to enjoy other things, not as, as small treasures, but as gifts from my dad. Romans chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 11, you should read that on your own, slowly, with repetition. Repetition prayerfully say holy spirit minister this to the deep places of me but i'm going to take the last verse romans chapter 6 verse 11 paul says this as he's writing to the romans so you also must con- so you also this is not a recommendation this is this is massive exhortation you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and not just dead and alive to god in christ jesus so, Paul is constantly, and the, the Bible is constantly drawing our attention to our death, but the Bible doesn't let us stay in that misery. It's also, you have to remember resurrection, life in Jesus Christ. You, you, you must consider yourselves dead to the world system and alive to Jesus. You, ha- you must consider yourselves dead to sin, that sin is no longer your master sin is no longer your identity. You have a new identity and a new master and a new treasure and a new love and a new everything. All the loves you used to know, they're second-rate pitiful ones, and now you have the true love that you were fashioned for, made for, and by. So here, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now, why do we consider, why must we consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God? Because Christian... It's true if you're in Christ. It's true if you're in Christ. You, and what God is calling us to do is he wants us to not live a life that's only in alignment with our feelings, though feelings are wonderful when they're redeemed, but he wants us to live a life that's, that's, that's in alignment with reality. And at the cross, my friend, you died to the elemental principles of this world. And at the empty tomb, you were raised with Christ to a new reality. And this Jesus is far superior to everything you could possibly know. He is far better than everything you could possibly know. His life is, is, is accessible and he wants to give it to you. He wants you to overflow in all the joy and love and peace and patience that he's got to give. Luke chapter nine, verse 23 G- Jesus is speaking again. He says this, if anyone would come after me, emphasis on the anyone. It's like open invitation. Anyone, come after me. But if you do, here's, here's, the, here's how the kingdom rolls. Here's, here's how Jesus rolls in the kingdom. He says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, a cross in ancient times like this was an cute ornament. You would definitely not wear it around your neck. <laughs> you would definitely not have it hanging in your in your house or you'd scare the kids. Okay? Because a cross is an ancient symbol of not just torture, but death. It was a death machine. And Jesus says, hey, you want to follow me? <laughs> you want to come after me? It's basically an invitation. Hey, I want you to be my disciple. Anyone can. But if you will follow me, if you will be my disciple, um, you're going to have to take up your cross daily and follow me. So this, is, this invitation to the cross, to the original hearers, is an invitation to die with Jesus. This is a, a cross, and I, I hear people misusing this all the time. We say things like, uh, the coronavirus, you know, COVID-19 is just my cross to bear. No, no, the, the COVID-19 is not your cross, all right, um, that is uh, my financial struggles right now that I'm going through is the cross that I'm bearing. No, no, this is this is the, the financial struggles are not your cross. Uh, y- your cross is your death with Jesus. These things are things that you don't have to bear that Jesus actually wants to bear for you. Um, this this identity in and Christianity nowadays. It's too often we've identified when we say we're following Jesus, it means we're going to church. And now, friends, guess what? You can't go to church, so where's your identity? <laughs> so this is when we're following Jesus. We're, 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 not, we're not going to, you know, First Baptist there or, you know, the Assemblies there or Providence community anymore. Um, we're actually having to decide, am I, have I died with Christ and am I actually following the man, or am I just an attender? So God is not letting you hide behind a churchgoer identity anymore. He is inviting you rather to follow him. Follow me. Jesus' invitation is to disciples to come and die, but not, not, his ultimate purpose is not to get you in the grave. His ultimate purpose is to work a supernatural reality in you and raise you to the same kind of life that he was raised to. So he wants you to really live. But Christianity is dying to you and being raised to him and friends. I am starving for this kind of Christianity. I'm starving for the church to love our spiritual death again and love our spiritual resurrection again. I'm I'm starving for power from on high to be poured into dead and then raised vessels. But it's not going to happen if we continue to craft a Christianity that is, that is more comfortable than death is. Right? We've tried to craft a Christianity that takes the cross out. Make it an ornament. Don't make it symbolic of my death. We've tried to build a Christianity that is more practical than a cross is. That's the kind of, I, no, I, help me have special steps to become a better person. But that is not the Christianity of the Scriptures, my friends. That is definitely not the Christianity that Paul preached. That is definitely not the Christianity that Jesus preached. Jesus does not care about giving you easy steps. He wants to put you on the same cross that he died on and then raise you to life. And we've tried in many ways to also mold a Christianity that is less supernatural than resurrection. Because when you die, my friends, you can't raise yourself. It takes supernatural power to do that. And that supernatural power does not come from you. It comes from God. And we've tried to mold a Christianity that is is more practical than supernatural, but it's a new day. And there's an invitation to reset. God is not trying to freshen you. He is trying to raise you to new life, the kind of life that Jesus wants you to have. Jesus says in in John chapter 10, verse 10, here's why I came. I came that you may have life. And have it to the full or have it in abundance. Have abundant life. That is what I want to dole all over my bride, the church. Listen, this this only happens supernaturally, and this only happens when you die to who you wanted to be and live to who God has called you to be. Christianity is supernatural or it doesn't work. You don't will yourself into being a Christian. You die to who you wanted And then you are raised to who you were fashioned for through faith. You know, the Christianity is not a tool belt, practical tools to help you manage. It's not that. Christianity is, have I said this enough, guys? Uh, Christianity is dying to your old life and being raised to a new one and living your new life by faith in our new treasure, Jesus, who has conquer death hell in the grave in one beautiful swoop we just celebrated that you know this like many people um struggle with what's my calling on my life what's my calling on my life and that's going to be a really challenging question if you haven't first died to your old life because God's not going to give you a calling when you're still operating in the old you the, the primary calling on your life is to die to you and be raised anew in Christ. That is, that is where you start. That is what's foundational to being a follower of Jesus. That is it. What's, what's beating in the heart of Jesus for you? I want you to truly live, Jesus says. I want you to truly live. I want to give you a supernatural life that I purchased for you at the cross. And so it means this. It means that you have to plant yourself in the ground and you have to let me raise you to produce massive amounts of fruit. And that's what your heart is crying out for in these days. That's what my heart is crying out for. Um, I've noticed that uh, recently, since we've been doing online church like this, since week number one, I've been having uh, sewer problems at my house, plumbing problems. Let's make it sound nicer. It's plumbing. It's plumbing. I've been having, In, in fact, the very first live uh, service that we did from my living room that was very significant. That's where Providence started. But we did it with like plumbers and construction guys in the background saying, "Hey, you got a clog? I can't fix it." And I, uh, hearing water kind of leaking down through the, my walls and stuff, and and so I'm preaching to you, but behind you there's people saying, uh, "You've got the shaft." Uh, and so it's been it's been uh, pretty crazy. Multiple weeks we have multiple plumbers coming in, um, and what what I've discovered over the past four or five, six weeks I don't know what it's been. It's felt like a long time. But what I've discovered is that we've been treating the, manis, the manifestation, we're not actually remedying the issue, okay? So the manifestation is we're spilling sewage into our finished basement. <laughs> the manifestation is our toilets won't flush. That's the manifestation. That's not the real issue. It feels like the real issue. So if we want to be practical, we figure out just how to fix this. But if we want to be biblical, we have to get to the deeper issue, And here's the deeper issue. Um, Three months ago, I put in a new basketball hoop for my kids. Um, And and I dug a hole with Chad Cornett in my backyard, uh, three feet deep and, and, you know, I I don't know, about two or three feet wide. And I did it with all my Viking uh, strength. And I was using a, uh, a digging iron and we were digging out and we were just blasting past anyway. I remember pulling out shards of something that I didn't really know what. I've discovered now that, that those shards were actually uh, my sewer line that I was, uh, I was destroying with a digging iron. And then what we did is we poured concrete into it. Uh, and so instead of our sewer line being this wide, it became this wide. And that, my friends, is the deeper issue. And so if we don't fix that, we're always going to have the manifestation on our surface in our house. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is for many of us, we only want a a solution to the flare up. I'm getting frustrated. I need need some breathing techniques. Well, maybe you do. Uh, But that is probably not the deepest issue. The deepest issue in your life is that you don't know how to breathe right when you get frustrated. Um, uh, the, 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 the deeper, many of us, we, we want a solution to the flare-up. We want a band-aid for the problem, but it's not the real issue. Now, can I tell you that Jesus didn't die for your flare-ups. Jesus died to deal with your deepest issues. He wants to start at the heart, and then he wants to work out. That's how Jesus, he doesn't start on the fringes and, and work his way in. He always started at the root cause, and that is where this, that is where Jesus is waiting for you right now. That is where he's waiting for you right now. He said, where's Jesus during this COVID-19 pandemic? Well, he's waiting for you at the root issue. He's, he's letting the heat turn up in your life. He's letting you feel bad. So, so maybe you will trust him with, with what the real problem here is and that's where he waits for you now and that's where he wants to start with your life and it's much scarier, much more dangerous and much weirder to start with the massive problem the clogging your drain but it's where Jesus starts now I I've, i um, broke some rules and I heard that Lowe's was selling their premium mulch the other day All right, for half price, it's usually $4 it's now $2 a bag so I jumped in the truck and I drove to Lowe's and me with about 12 Billion other people from Hanover, and I stood in a line waiting to uh, socially distance. Uh, I I stood in a line uh, waiting to buy my mulch, but the line that I was in wasn't moving fast at all. There's two lines, and the line to my left, I was watching five, six, seven eight people go through my line because there's an older gentleman in front of me with two by fours that was having trouble, all right? And so when that line died down, I hopped over to the moving line. And wouldn't you know it, the person in front of me, he was an older gentleman and he was having trouble with something too. So I watched the line that I just left, began six, seven, eight, 20 people go by me. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know about you, maybe you're, you're such a person that's so in, t- in touch with the heart of the Father that things like that don't bother you. But I started going crazy. I was, and I was literally getting furious. There was something inside of my heart that I started telling, like like it's, it's like a, a fountain of lies started coming out. That God doesn't see me, God doesn't care, God doesn't do this. People always go in front of me, you know. And the Holy Spirit in that moment whispered to my heart, that is where I want to start. Right there. Why are you so angry? What are you in a hurry for? You can't go anywhere. You're breaking the rules now. (laughs) You just, you're not under any clock. You're not under any stipulations, but you're angry. And the Holy Spirit, like he does, Just comes and says, Nathan, will you let me into this place? Will we deal with this together? Guys, this is the season that we're in. We're in a season that is a refining season. And we're in a season where as the heat is being turned up in our lives, what is happening is the impurities are surfacing. Um, the impurities that if we didn't have a season like this, we would never see. The impurities in our lives that we would just blow right by with meetings, we bl- blow right by with work, we blow right by with to-do lists. But here, God is calling us to actually deal with them because there's nothing to blow by to. And the things that have been deep in our hearts that have been stored out of sight, deep, deep, deep down where we forgot we had issues. The Holy Spirit is pushing, 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 raising, and turning heat up, and it's coming, and it's coming, and it's coming. We have to figure out, why am I angry? Why, why do I feel like a victim? Why, why, why are these things being brought to the surface? It's because Jesus died for these things, and he wants you to die to them and live for him. The things that are too ugly, and I would say too powerful to be dealt with by self-help and positive thinking and practical strategies the things that there there has to be uh, a solution for that's bigger than us named jesus i want to encourage you here church like the best thing that you can do in a season like this is surrender absolutely everything that you've got into the hands of jesus at the foot of jesus at the cross of jesus whatever the holy spirit is saying hey i want to do this can we start here Embrace his move no matter how weird it makes you feel. The so Holy Spirit, come, have your way in my life. I would say this start with your dreams. Take your dreams, make sure they are of heavenly origin. God's not going to get behind your dreams. He wants to place dreams in you that are his, that you embrace. Make sure your dreams are of heavenly origin. If not, take them. Surrender to them at the cross and let Jesus raise them to heavenly ones. How about this? Take your feelings. And I'm a feelings guy, but take your feelings. Your feelings can't be your master take your feelings. Make sure you're feeling the way God feels. Holy Spirit, do you feel the way I'm feeling? If not, lay your feelings at the cross. Let Jesus redeem them, raise them. How about this? Take your, here, you want some more? Victor, do you want some more, buddy? Take this. Take your worship. Am I worshiping the way you've called me to worship? Am I worshiping in insecurity and fear? Am I hiding behind personality and excuses? I lay it at the cross. If I'm not, I want to walk into the kind of worshiper you want me to be. Are my finances, am I using them for your glory? Do you want me buying that, Jesus? This mulch, it's half price, it's a good deal. Do you want me to have mulch? I lay it at the cross. If you want it, I'll take it. Take my plans. I take my life. Everything in my life, you start by laying it at the cross of Jesus and dying to it. And then Jesus raises what's of him and what is not. Woo! Ow! (laughs) Ow! So I, uh, I've, I've, i got lots of, let, let me end with this. I hear that when you're making really good wine, you start with grapes, and one of the first processes is, you know, taking the good grapes, but then crushing those grapes. And now if I was a grape being crushed, I would not feel like there was a good, Plans and purposes for me. It's literally, I'm being squished, I, I'm, I'm dying. But what has to happen is that's the, that's the first step in the process of new wine flowing out from old grapes. And that is what Jesus is doing to you right now. So this crushing is, is not him not loving you. This, this crushing, if you would accept it, is him making new wine out of your life. It's unless a seed is planted in the ground and dies, it just remains only a single seed. But God did not make you to be only a single seed. God made you to produce fruit and a harvest with your life. I heard this, that coal under pressure becomes a diamond. And the more the pressure, the, the more valuable the diamond, guys. This is what Jesus is doing in a season like this with your life. And so, what, what, what I implore you to do is not get angry at Jesus for seasons, but say, Jesus, let's start where the concrete in my pipe is. Let's start with the real problem. Let's not start with the small manifestations. They're just a, they're just a result of the deep underlying issue. Jesus, I trust your heat. Jesus, I trust your crushing. Jesus, I trust you raise me raise me i think there's some of us here that the the kind of christianity that we have is is so stressful because it's actually not christianity it's trying hard and it's going to church and it's reading your bible but it's all you trying to qualify yourself and jesus says no you died yourself and then i raise you that's christianity you have to trust me in that I think some of you you actually you're getting saved right now as you're trusting Jesus for the first time instead of just trying to please him. The Father is pleased with the Son. You get all the all the pleasure God has with the Son through faith in Christ as a gift to you. You don't earn it. You don't qualify for it. You receive it. Some of you right now you're receiving that from Jesus. And there's others of you that you're getting actually getting angry at God because of the crushing And uh, as strange as it is, God is big enough to be in the crushing. And he is big enough and beautiful enough and supernatural enough and wonderful enough to actually produce diamonds and wine out of your life. And that's what I want, man. I want diamonds for heart. I want wine coming out of my life. Not even a wine drinker, but don't you love the sound of that? It sounds good. So there's a verse I have hanging in my office at home that I read almost every day. It's a verse that's fought for my heart in so many massive ways. It's fought for many of your hearts too. It's fought for my, my wife's heart, my family's heart. But it's this, is Psalm 73, verse 25, and it says this, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. In other words, guys, like I, this, is, this, is, oh, this is hundreds and centuries of years before the cross. This is the psalmist saying, I want to die to everything but you every single thing that the earth wants to offer me as a great and beautiful treasure. I wanna to die to all of those things and I want to be raised to you and you alone. So I, I love my kids and I love my wife and I love my car and I love my dog and I love my job and all these things through you. But I seek you first and you're my first and you're my number one. So guys, can I, can I pray this verse into you right now? Can, I, can you just get me put out your, your arms like this and just receiving posture? Just say, say, Jesus, I welcome you into my life and every crevice of it, every every crack, every place I've been trying to hide from everybody, my family, those around me, every place that I am embarrassed of, frustrated by, I welcome you into every place of me and I give it all to you. And I pray, God, that you would take me and crush me and raise me to the life that you have purchased for me at the cross. And that's what I want right now. And so some of us need to renew that commitment to Jesus today. And some of us need to taste it and embrace it for the very first time. Either way, it is very good. And God's doing tremendous things in our hearts, and our lives. And I just want to thank you guys for being with us here uh, this Sunday evening whenever you watch this, um, God is doing something in your life. Take a posture that, hey, the, the crushing feels bad in the moment, but it's actually the outcome of the crushing is something incredibly sweet and beautiful, and that is the direction your life is going in, my friends. I hope you believe that. Uh, Let us know how we can partner with you in these days. And I send you just with the blessing of the Father's heart for you. He's not against you. He's for you. He wants you. He's come after you. He showed you the full extent of his love by sending his son to the cross. Follow that, Jesus and lay your whole life down before him. That's the blessing I send you with uh, today. Go in peace, bless your family, hug somebody in your life, um, socially distance, of course, uh, and uh, and just let joy flood into your home. Peace to you all as you go. Thanks for being with us today. We just send you with great and mighty blessings in your life. Blessings, guys. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.